Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Kay, and I'm joined today by my father. I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. Hello, my name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm an American double board certified psychiatrist. Thank you guys so much for listening to our last episode where we talked about substance use in kids. Today we want to talk about, we want to circle back to COVID, the reason why we started this podcast and kind of dive into long COVID symptoms. Uh, a, new, a new article just came out recently that my dad shared with me that we felt we should discuss um, because even though... COVID is seemingly over to the majority of us. The effects of COVID and long COVID are still very much alive and well. And we felt that it was important to just shed another light on it because I think it's something that we're going to be talking about for a very long time. Well, as you know, at the start of the pandemic, we sort of became aware that COVID was having some after effects in regards to not just the physical symptoms uh, that the virus brought on, but mental health symptoms as well. And it was recently reported by an advisory committee to the United States Department of Health and Human Services that, in fact, there are nine established syndromes of long COVID in regards to psychiatric symptoms. Can you um, list what those syndromes are? Well, yes, uh, it, the ninth categories of the nine syndromes are fatigue is one, brain fog is another, anxiety, depression, OCD, sleep disorders, PTSD, psychotic disorders, and the initial onset of substance use disorders. So all of those are the effects of, or potential effects that you can, that can happen to you if you get COVID. Absolutely. During the course, the early parts of the pandemic, there were parts where the CDC would allow you to enter physical symptoms that the patients were experiencing, but they weren't allowing for any mental health symptoms to be inputted. So it's good that these syndromes or areas have been described because it behooves primary care physicians to listen to their patients when they describe some of these symptoms. Yeah, I mean, I have been, I guess, lucky enough and unlucky enough to have gotten COVID once a, a year ago, exactly a year ago when I came back from New York and I remember outside of the physical symptoms, I remember just feeling a lot of feelings of guilt, um, shame, sadness, because I was like, wow, my body's like deteriorating. I thought I was a pretty healthy young person and this virus is showing me otherwise. So on a personal level, I can definitely um, relate to some of those. And I can imagine that if you're going through through COVID and you have a really bad experience with it and then you know maybe your physical symptoms clear and you no longer have to deal with that but maybe you're still dealing with 
you know, some anxiety about, well, what if I get it again? How does this affect, how does this affect my body long term? Um, I can see how that can take a toll on people. Well, early on in the pandemic, we identified certain patients in the hospital that without prior histories of psychiatric illness, suddenly, or several months after they, they became infected, developed uh, psychotic disorders. So we can relate to some uh, to, to what the this committee is reporting. But more commonly, though, there were other um, areas, particularly depression and anxiety, that became quite pronounced throughout the pandemic throughout the pandemic and that's evident to this day but it's glad I'm glad that it's these psychiatric symptoms are or syndromes have been recognized for 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 us to keep an eye out on in our patients that have suffered from COVID. So today even when you're treating patients in the hospital are you still seeing patients that have similar stories to what you're reading in this article about um, no prior psychiatric history, and suddenly post-COVID, they're coming in for having a psychotic break? Yes, that's the case, because some some of the symptoms don't make a lot of sense up until you ask the patients if they ever experienced COVID, if they were infected by COVID. And once they say yes to that, then some of their symptoms, such as chronic fatigue, brain fog, and anxiety disorders, depression come to light that they were a consequence of of COVID um, that otherwise would have been unexplainable. And as my dad, when I got COVID or one of your other child children got COVID, what what were some of your concerns when that, when you, when we told you like, oh, like we can't, we're infected? Well, of course, surviving it is, was, of course, the, the number one concern. But then the residual effects, uh, particularly brain fog, that was a concern because you and your, your sister are young and intelligent, and that's one of your strengths. And um, to not be able to think clearly and to forget things and so forth, that would have been really tragic. And unfortunately, uh a significant amount of people experience, uh, you know, up to 22% of COVID-19 survivors do experience brain fog or cognitive impairment, which I think is really tragic. And how do you go about treating brain fog? Is there a medication or some type of therapy that can help? Well, because it's new, this condition, right, the onset since covid I'm not sure if there's any evidence-based therapies for this, but I would think that some of the things that we try to use for patients that suffer from cognitive impairment from the demanding disorders may be of some help. Um, brain stimulation, word games, trying to learn a new language, uh, playing how to learn how to try to play a new, uh, an instrument may also be effective, but again, that's just speculation on my part. Um, and so what about some of these other um, syndromes that can happen in result of long COVID? Um, what are some of the more, I don't want to say, for lack of a better word, like pop or more common ones that are like long COVID symptoms that are popping up more so than the nine that you listed? Well, 
the initiation of a substance use disorder, that's sort of, sort of, I want to say surprising in a sense that that would have caused people to start drinking. I never suspected that. I thought it would have worsened substance use uh, issues with people that had pre-existing substance use disorders, but to learn that it initiated substance use disorders, that's sort of surprising um, in and of itself. And, of course, we've already gone over on multiple occasions the, the adverse effects that you know, drinking and alcohol and or drinking alcohol and the abuse of other drugs can have uh, on the mental health of uh, anyone. Uh, so it that's a, a bit surprising, and it's really sad that this caused uh, a lot of people to start developing uh, drug abuse issues. So it, it's something that needs to be addressed, and every patient that walks into a doctor's office, I think, if we, they started drinking or using drugs because of COVID or uh, things that the pandemic brought on. Well, I can, I can almost, I can kind of see how that would lead someone into, you know, um, starting to drink or maybe smoke weed or something. Maybe only because that's like in their mind a good way to cope or one of the only options to cope with maybe some of the physical symptoms they're feeling or the depression they may be feeling. I'm not, I'm not trying to justify it, but I am trying to like just get into the mind of someone that has COVID trying to alleviate some of the pain they might be feeling and their need and their desire to disassociate from their current reality. Well, you're right about that. We don't want to demonize the use of drugs and alcohol to the extent where they, where, where we want to portray them as being these evil things. But, uh, but when somebody does develop a, a substance use disorder, it implies that it's caused impairment. And that's what the, the, the sad part about long COVID is, is that if it caused people to start uh, become, having uh, addiction issues, then it's, it's, again, part of long COVID that we need to recognize as physicians and others to help those that are suffering from it uh, to try to get, get through it. So that's the whole point that we we want to bring some awareness that if you develop COVID and then afterwards develop a drinking problem, it's this is a result of long COVID. To uh, that's what it's looking like uh, as per the you know these experts. So it's important for us to be able to identify patients and patient groups as well. Uh, I want to like ask about. In terms of like when people experience psychotic or psych- psychotic breaks or psychosis because of long COVID, in terms of like treating them for that, would that just be whatever medications that you would typically treat someone that is experiencing psychosis? And do someone experiencing that, are they going to have to be on a medication for the rest of their life in order to prevent it? Or is it something that will just come and go? Well, in the limited experience that we had uh, with treating patients that develop psychotic symptoms post-COVID, we would treat them with the same medications that we would treat any other patient that was psychotic. But in regards to how long this treatment was going to have to take place, well, that's sort of an unknown. Uh, 
Patients definitely need follow-up to see how long, uh, if these symptoms resolve on their own with time. It's just, those are just questions, answers that we don't have uh, at this point. So it will be, I, it will be really interesting just to see, so, you know, we're only three years post the beginning of COVID. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next 10 years with people still suffering from long COVID and those symptoms, especially I know some people that have gotten it twice, three times. So I'm sure, I, I don't know if there's any research that has been done or anything that has come out about those types of patients who have gotten it multiple times and how that increases their risk of certain syndromes. You, you know, I think it will be really interesting to see that in the coming years. Well, as you can imagine, it's a work in progress, as they say. Um, though certain groups have been identified as being a little more prone to um, long COVID, and these groups include Black, Latino, Native Americans, and LGBTQI, uh, because they had more exposure uh, and less resources to deal with these, uh, to deal uh, with the pandemic. So that's what the speculation is that that's why these groups have had more issues with long COVID. So it, it's important for caregivers to identify different groups and to ask and to listen to patients because, again, this is new to not just to the patients, but to the doctors as well, to the caregivers. And uh, it's been reported that some patients feel that they're, that the doctors are ignoring their complaints about certain things. And, and I think it's because it's a lack of, a, of awareness to a certain extent. I know also in that article that you shared with me that it was mentioned that receiving the COVID vaccine c decreases the risk of long COVID, but it doesn't completely eliminate it, right? And I'm wondering, like, um, if in the future or even when they were first developing the vaccine, obviously I, I know that the priority was the physical symptoms, addressing the physical symptoms, but if in future there may be some type of booster that helps with mental health disorders in regards to COVID? I don't know if that's even possible. Well, it first, it first starts with identifying mental health syndromes before we can start developing treatments for it. So this is the first step that I'm glad that there's been an official recognition that there are mental health sequelae to uh, COVID. And again, I think it's good that this has been brought to light, that it's been researched, and I'm sure that moving forward that efforts will be made to identify treatments uh, for these conditions. So let, let's hope that's the case. That's going to go ahead and wrap up this week's episode of 2020 Psych. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope that you found this enlightening and interesting, and we hope you have a great day wherever you are.